Hi, everyone. This is Mark Iskowitz, editor-at-large for MMM, and welcome to the MMM podcast for the week of April 26, 2021. By now, we all know that Lisa Stockman Mariello, one of this industry's true stars, has been battling a fast-moving type of amyotrophic lateral sclerosis and has been leading a high-profile campaign to gain access to an experimental drug called Tofersen that she and her physician feel could help stave off the disease's typically rapid progression and extend her life. After noticing some speech difficulty earlier this year, Lisa was diagnosed with the Bulbar type of ALS. It's estimated that between 14 and 15,000 Americans have ALS, according to the National Institute of Neurological Disorders and Stroke, but the Bulbar type affects a much smaller subset, about 25% of all ALS patients, according to Johns Hopkins School of Medicine. Thanks to Lisa's efforts, Biogen took a hard look at its policies with regard to her situation, and while it first resisted the request from her doctor, who was also among the Tofersen trial investigators, this week, the company agreed to provide Tofersen to patients like Lisa under what's called an expanded access program. But there's one catch. The drug won't be available to these patients until July, when its late-stage study of Tofersen is set to wrap up, and trial subjects are no longer on placebo. And that's an awfully long time when we're talking about a fast-moving disorder like Bulbar ALS. I had reached out to Lisa's husband, Bob, earlier this year and invited them to come on the podcast to speak about Lisa's situation and their campaign for expanded access. He and Lisa graciously agreed, and that was before this week's development with Biogen, which marked progress. But as I said, the drug maker is still not acting quite as quickly as the Mariellos had hoped. Lisa and Bob, it's a real privilege to be able to speak with you both. Welcome to the MMNM podcast. Thank you for having us. Lisa is saying thank you as well. Wonderful. Absolutely. First, a couple of housekeeping items, as we usually do on this podcast, and then we'll we'll get back to the interview. The brand has a number of initiatives going on, but just a couple that are near term. If you're listening to this, it's either deadline day for submission to the MMNM Awards or close to it. So be sure to get your entries in. You can find out more information on the awards at mmm-awards.com. Also, MMNM Transform, Navigating the Next, our spring conference, which is taking place next week, May 4th through the 6th, is free to register. And you can find out more information on that at mmm-transform.com, including all the great keynotes that are lined up. And finally, MMM Hall of Femme, uh, the list which was announced earlier this year of leading women leaders uh, in this industry, um, are going to be celebrated at a virtual collective and awards ceremony coming up on June 3. That's also free to register. Uh, and you can do so at www.mmmhalloffemme.com, all one word. And as always, you can find out more about these events at the all-new mmm-online.com. Okay, back to the interview with Lisa and Bob. Uh, Lisa, we've all been following your case and supporting your efforts to gain access to Tofersen, but uh, I am sure a lot of people who've worked with you in this industry are just wondering, how are you? She's hanging in there, is what she said. It's tough to hear her voice because that's one of the symptoms of the bulbar ALS that you discussed, but um, she's, she's strong as always, handling it with her characteristic uh, strength and grace is what I say. Okay, wonderful. Uh, what have you been doing to try to slow the progression of your disease and to maintain as much function as possible? You know, what, what is available to you at this point? Uh, she's had a cocktail of, uh, of meds. We do have a machine that helps strengthen her lung capacity, uh, a ventilator. So just, it's basically exercise for her lungs. And then there's a few drugs that we're taking uh, that she's taking, but unfortunately, none of them seem to be as effective as what we've seen for um, Tofersen. Uh, and, and Bob, as, as Lisa's caregiver, of course, I'd, I'd love to get your perspective as well. 
we were chatting a little bit offline about it, but uh, would you mind kind of sharing a little, little bit of your thoughts on uh, and your perspective on this? Well, it's a cliche, but every day I'm just happy that she wakes up and we get to spend the day together. Um, she's the same person that she's always been in um, many ways. You know, her mind is as keen as ever. Um, it's amazing how much you can get across with uh, just your facial expressions. And we've the ALS foundations and something called Caring Bridge, uh, different organizations have been uh, bridging voices, I'm sorry, provided uh, a Toby Dynavox, which helps so she can, with her eyes, so she can communicate. So there's a lot of assistive technologies out there, but um, really just getting to spend time with her, just, it's hard because she can't do so many of the things that she's been able to do in the past. Um, so our days are more conducting interviews, trying to raise awareness about ALS and about the suffering that ALS patients are going through, trying to get tweaks, hopefully to the right to try act and expanded access. So a lot of our days are really involved with advocacy. And that's why you mentioned the change for Biogen. We have really mixed feelings. We're thrilled that this is gonna really extend folks' lives by getting them access earlier than they would have otherwise instead of the fall or winter. Now it's gonna be mid-July for some folks. It's unfortunate that it's probably gonna to be too late for Lisa, so it's bittersweet. But for someone who's advocated for patients for 25, 30 years, there is something nice to, it's great that even even in her last days, she's still able to help. Yeah, and she, you know, she got the company to re-examine its, its policies, you know, which was just a, uh, real, you know, triumph in that regard. And I'd, I'd like to get more into into the things you were just uh, commenting on about, um, you know, the development. Um, you know, just to take take a step back, you've been working extremely hard for weeks to get access to Tofersen for Lisa under the Right to Try Law um, or via FDA's Compassionate Use Provision. And then finally this week, Biogen basically said, "Okay, but we're waiting to provide expanded access until study participants are off a of placebo." How did you feel when you heard this news? It's a step in the right direction. It's unfortunate that uh, we understand where Biogen is coming from. And throughout this process, we've tried to applaud not only Biogen, but the pharmaceutical industry in general for the tremendous strides they've made in improving people's lives. You look at what we were able to do um, with COVID in a short period of time. So Lisa's always been about patients and and pharmaceutical companies. So just to make that clear, uh, in this case with Biogen for Lisa, it just seems a little bit like too little too late for her specifically. And it's frustrating because we understand completely the importance of these clinical trials and for people to be on the placebo. So you can compare, obviously without a control group, you don't know how effective a drug can be. Um, Lisa and I both participated in the Pfizer COVID vaccine clinical trial, actually, and she got the placebo and I got the real thing. So um, I just don't agree with their philosophy that it's unethical for anyone to get a drug under compassionate use until the trial is over. Um, 
First of all, I mean, imagine we waited until everyone could get the COVID vaccine before we started giving it to anybody. That would be ridiculous. You know, we gave it to the people, the healthcare frontline workers, the elderly, the people who were most at risk. No one complained that it wasn't ethical to give it to some people until we could give it to everybody. Um, and then you look at, in this case, Lisa is even willing to do something that's unprecedented, which is to be randomized in a compassionate use study. As far as we know, that's never happened before. But if their concern is that the folks who were in the trial only had a two out of three chance of getting the drug and a third of them got the placebo, give Lisa and other patients like her those same odds. A two thirds chance is better than a 0% chance. And I don't see how if she was getting it under the same terms as people in the clinical trial, how anyone could object to that being unfair. And I do think because of the seriousness of her condition, even the folks getting the placebo would, would understand. And, and rather than waiting, as you say, you had asked Biogen to add this small subset of patients to the trial and randomize them, meaning, meaning some patients would get the drug while others would get a placebo. And in this way, you argued Biogen would avoid ethical questions and at least some patients with the rare form of ALS might benefit. Why don't you think they went for that? I'd like someone to give me an answer. Um, I, I'm not sure. We thought that it was an innovative solution. We've spoken to some bioethicists ourselves. We've spoken to a half dozen leading ALS researchers. We're all at a loss. Um, I'd like to be able to tell my kids why they said no and um, why this is happening to their mother. Even I hope they have a great reason. I just haven't heard it yet. The only reason I've heard is that um, they don't think it's ethical for people getting the placebo. And I think this gets around that objection. You and Lisa both have shown a spotlight on the need for the drug industry to have a mechanism in place so that companies running trials can offer compassionate use to a patient without jeopardizing the trial. Uh, why don't patients in general, you think, have better options in these situations? Well, I, the FDA is trying to balance safety versus uh, efficacy, right? And I think that needs to, <laughs> you need to consider something like a erectile dysfunction drug and what the downside of that versus an ALS drug. I mean, safety is not that much of a concern when you have months to live. So what's really the downside for Lisa for getting something like this versus some other drugs that are more lifestyle drugs, which, you know, they have their place too. But for something like this, that's such an acute need. It's astounding to me that they're kind of dragging their feet a little bit. Uh, Lisa corrected me in saying dragging their feet a little, I dragging their feet a lot. I mean, we put this request, you probably have seen the story, but Lisa was diagnosed a week after they stopped accepting people for this clinical trial. So we're in this horrible window, um, like a donut hole between when they stopped accepting patients and when they're going to start allowing extended access. It's, it's the worst window to be in, but we keep thinking that maybe this happened to Lisa because she really is uniquely positioned to get this message out because of relationships she has with people like you and that she developed over 25, 30 years. I mean, you rightfully said that Lisa started this or well, started is probably not fair, but certainly given some more momentum to this movement, but Lisa's far from alone. You know, over 108,000 people signed our change.org petition. 
We've spoken to leading ALS doctors at Northwestern, at Mass General, at Columbia Presbyterian, at UMass. We've gotten uh, senatorial and congressional support from uh, Senator Booker's office and from Congressman Malinowski and others. Um, friends of ours from UNC and from Northwestern, from where I went to business school, Lisa's colleagues over the last 25 years. I mean, it's, we were joking that if this was a PR campaign from Lisa's former life, we would have spent well into the six figures already with all the pro bono hours that people had put in. Um, People Magazine, the Boston Globe, uh, Bloomberg, CNBC, Sean Spicer. I mean, it's it's amazing the traction that this has gotten. And I really think everyone who's touched this story should share in the success that we've already had with, with getting compassionate use into mid-July and just keep pushing forward for this next step. Well said, Bob. And as you told me, you never know what's going to get the company to reverse course again. You know, look what they did this week. You know, we have the right to try law passed by Congress and the FDA's compassionate use rule, which are two avenues to gain access, but companies are under no obligation to provide their experimental drugs, right? So we find ourselves in this situation. Do you think that it should be mandatory? Lisa believes so. She's nodding her head yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, as a healthcare communications professional, I'm just wondering if she's ever worked on compassionate use programs when she was in industry and you know, what do you wish that companies could know about being on the patient side? She said that it's about a human, not a problem, that there's mm-hmm. a person behind it. Yeah, yeah. That sensitivity is uh, so so hard to uh, come by, but you've, you know, as you said, you raised the, the, the spotlight of the need for that. Everybody would do well, you know, to keep the human in mind, uh, absolutely. You know, we, we look upon what you're doing with a mixture of admiration and awe and, you know, the way you've handled yourselves in this situation. It's, it's a true inspiration and it's just been a privilege to speak with you. Um, you know, you have a lot of people praying for you and, and thinking of you. Um, and, um, you know, again, you never know what, what it's going to take for Biogen to reverse course, you know, given what they did this week. So, um, and I, and I know it wasn't easy. You, you had the, the meeting with the Lisa's health team this morning. I'm sure it hasn't been an easy day for either of you, but thank you again so much for, for joining us. We really appreciate it. Well, thank you for your part in publicizing this and taking the time to hopefully affect some change. You know, we're, we're all part of team Lisa. So thank you. Absolutely. We, we count ourselves a uh, part of that. Your efforts already persuaded Biogen to thoroughly evaluate and challenge its own policies in light of the situation for you and other people with ALS, and that is progress. So I'm going to leave it there. I want to thank you know Bob and Lisa for coming on the podcast. If you like this episode as much as I did, please give it a like. Um, it really does help. Subscribe to us, help others discover the show, whether that's on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your programming. And uh, for Bob and Lisa Mariello, this has been Mark Iskowitz signing off. We'll see you next time on the MMNN Podcast. Take care, everybody. Thank you, Mark. Thank you, Bob. Thank you, Lisa.